Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to The Lore You Know. We're still on the Scarlands talking about the Toe Islands. I have a funny pun here because really we're, we're stepping off the continent and going into the, uh, the Blood Sea, which is off to the east. It's really the entirety of the east coast of Gelsbad. So we're going to dip our toes into the Blood Sea Mwah, 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 mwah. and talk about the Toe Islands. The month. Yeah, it's That's the one I get. <laughs> we're, we're still technically on this map because the Toe right. Islands are are on the map, are on my, my massively cool, expensive map that sits behind my head. Um, <laughs> Way which you over could here. find on like, Etsy or something weird like that. Um, someone's yeah, going to actually ask Etsy me more about this map. It was online. Check yeah. the Onyx Path website. There was a link from that like a year or two ago two two years ago it was pre-covid just two years ago anyway yar is my yeah. best i can say about the toll islands i could do my shittiest pirate voice today <laughs> too bad it's not september 19th um <laughs> we should have done this one on september 19th uh it is it is the toilet so the blood sea I, I i we've talked about the origins of the blood sea i think many times so I will gloss over quickly. Uh, big war, 150 years ago. <laughs> gods and the Titans, blah, blah, blah. Um, defeated uh, the, the evil gods and one very, very shiny golem, massive golem made of mithril. Um, defeated the Titan of the Earthshaker, the first Titan who um, is arguably just a very, very large Godzilla. Um, the golem grabbed his tail. Bellsmith ripped out his heart, um, tricked him and ripped out his heart. Uh, 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 Chardoon wrapped him in magical chains, and Vangel picked him up and hucked him a billion miles into the ocean. <laughs> um, and he landed in, 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 in and, and Vangel apparently aims very well because he landed in the deepest trench in the center of of the uh, Eastern Sea, um, and basically the bottom of effectively the Marianas Trench. Or just he just kept rolling until he hit rock bottom. Um, and then over the re next 150, 200 years, bleeds into the ocean, turning it into the Blood Sea. Although when he landed, because magic, um, he was already apparently bleeding a lot, and um, it created a tsunami, basically, um, called they called Cadam's Deluge, and it caused tidal waves to hit um, eastern Gelsbad and northern Termana, and we'll talk about how that impacted Tramana later when we get to Tramana. Um, Tramana's the continent to the southeast. And eventually, over the intervening years, the blood builds up and to the point where the sea turns red. And um, and I actually did experiments. I, I admit this. I was like, how much blood do you have to put in water for it to turn red? Not much. <laughs> the answer is not as much as you'd think. Now, seawater, I don't know. I did not do this with seawater. Um, but like a couple drops is enough to to change the color of the water significantly. So it doesn't have to be like pure blood. It's probably like 2% to 10% blood. It's not pure blood, but it's enough to f fuck everything up. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and taint is the word they use. I know that word has other connotations to some people. Forget those connotations for now. <laughs> There's no way to talk about this without using that word, really, other than coming up with some pollution contamination. Um, 
but uh, as a result of exposure to this blood, um, because it's it's fucked up, it's it's got some properties in it that um, possibly is what made Cadam horrible, a horrible entity. Um, that people exposed to it eventually go mad, kind of become evil, and uh, grow weird mutations, and just bad stuff happens over exposure. So a, a popularity of priests and whatnot purifying food out of the blood. Don't eat the sushi from the blood sea. <laughs> Cook it really well or, or right. get a priest to bless it for you to remove any toxins because um, it's bad. And and there's lots of diseases and illnesses and mutations that can happen as a result of it. And Cadam's blood is really, really easy to get your hands on. Like you just walk along the beach of Eastern Gelspad and wait a minute, and like, oh look, there's some foam <laughs> over right. there. Oh look, there's a gross clot, clot thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's moving. Oh, it's moving. Maybe I'm gonna have to fight it before I can actually take right? a sample. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an aberration beastie. Okay. So, and I love it because it just adds this phenomenally beautiful element of horror. Mm -hmm. um, to which Scarlands is already known for horror, but this is the root of so much of that. Those yeah. horrific elements, as you've got an ocean of blood, and what's cooler than an ocean of blood in horror element? Um, so probably things, but pretty good start. And 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 I gotta say, when people when I take this map to cons, which admittedly hasn't been for a while, but when I took this map That's to cons, fair. which I did about three or four times um, before everything went to shit. Um, people would see this red morass on the on the, the, the right side of the map and be like, "What's that?" Yeah. And that would draw the eye. That that red ocean would always draw the eye. So, the fact that we're in we're year into this before we talked about the Blood Sea, <laughs> Jeremy's like, "What the fuck are we doing? We should be talking about the Blood Sea." <laughs> so there we go. So starting, I'm going to start with the Toe Islands, kind of in the upper off off the. Uh, northeast coast of Gelsbad. Um, these islands are new-ish. Uh, there used to be islands uh, in this general vicinity, roughly, somewhere off the east coast of Gelsbad. Way, 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 way back in the day. Leading Empire makes reference to islands that um, they would do kind of the Australia thing where they would be like, we have people we don't want to don't want anymore. We're going to make them go to these islands. Let's jump all the orcs there. You know. Um, so it was like prisoners and think we'll just stick them on an island somewhere and take all the boats away and they can figure it out themselves. So you already had this way back before the ocean became contaminated, you already had this kind of pirate vibe going off the east coast of Gelsbad because you had a bunch of, of prisoners who for several generations had been living there and causing initially as part of the leading empire, but once the empire fell and they declared independence, kind of doing their thing. Then Cadam's deluge happens. Deluge? Deluge, yeah. And those islands just... gone. <laughs> Destroyed in the war. Um, I mean, there, there might have happened before, but either way, those islands just get completely destroyed, whatever, whatever, wherever they were. The remnants of them may be these islands down here, but I'm making that up right now. I'm not quite sure. There's probably more in-depth lore about these islands that I've already talked about. Um, <laughs> but but other than those, there, there aren't any other islands that are, that are that old. The Toe Islands showed up right after they got out of the ocean. Like, a few years later, they discovered them. And thus, 
they were like, obviously it's Cadam's left foot, you know. I there's mean, five of them, right? Obviously, there's, there's five of them. One's kind of bigger than the other, um, like a like a big toe. Obviously, it's just Cadam's left foot rising out of the. He's not that big, people. <laughs> He's not like five thousand miles. Long. But legend and myth always enhances the reality. Oh, yeah. So, I could definitely see and, how people would be like, "Oh my gosh, look!" <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me. If it was Cadam did kick his left foot mm. thousands of miles away in the trench, right, and the, the ripples of that yeah. caused the volcanoes and whatnot that caused these five islands to show up, that maps. Yeah. <laughs> that is very scarring to happen. So could they be as a result of Cadam's foot? I'd buy that. Are they literally Cadam's foot? No. But but I I would definitely say that Cadam had a impact on the creation of these islands. Oh, he had an impact already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. And then and there are five and one's bigger and there you go. It's kind of funky. Um, I love it. I love and I, and so so they immediately after the war everything's a mess so everybody's kind of just surviving. But a few years after the war, um, Mithril, which is the closest habitable place, which is just a few, you know, hundred, not even a hundred miles off of, off from the Toe Islands, um, or, or, or thereabouts, um, had ships and everything, and they went and explored the region, and especially because there was a lot of monsters coming into the sea at that point, and they discovered the islands. And they're like, whoa, there's something here. Um, and one of the biggest, uh, that was 16 AV. Um, then they discovered there was, um, lots of mineral content um one of the islands all all five islands are, are volcanic um one has a very very active volcano so thus the theory that like some kind of big volcano happened and um the other four of them kind of went okay we're done erupting and one of them's like nope <laughs> <laughs> not done yet i'm still doing a thing um because they are new new structures um it's, it's kind of wild because ge geologically this makes no sense but wizard did it um <laughs> a god did a titan magic magic divinity it's magic plot point <laughs> and and then they, they they went to these islands and they discovered all of this mineral wealth like there were gems and freaking mithril and all this stuff and and they were like we're, you know we've got the mithril golem but that's only going to get us so far and and so they started mining this area and just be like oh they, they set up all these quarries and then and they started mining out a couple of the islands and quickly exhausted them over the next like 20 years. Like you know, apparently there wasn't that much there. They're tiny islands. But, um, and then of course, capitalism got involved and others outside of, you know, haha, we're cool paladins of Mithril, but like, you know, we're businessmen. We're going to do this mine thing. And, and some more unsavory chaps got involved with the mines, including house, Asuras, and we haven't talked about them too much. I think we've mentioned them here. And yeah, there. they've come up every so but, often. Yeah, they're just basically the definition of capitalism in this guardlands. They're, they're like in, in in all the bad ways, and not not good ways, but in bad ways. Um, in terms of like greedy bankers and mercantile and 
you know, we want to do, we will make money in any way we can while on the backs of the labor of others, uh, because we're assholes. And amongst that, they invested in these mines and were not very nice to the people who were doing them. And so these miners were like, grabs all of these administrators from House of Cirrus and like basically holds them hostage and says, you know, you will give us, you know, we will form a union or whatever it was. Um, and let, you know, you will give into our demands or we will kill these hostages. And something went south, <laughs> something went bad. Um, the hostages uh, were basically massacred and the miners declared independence. It's like, these islands are ours. And Mithra was like, well, it's mostly mined out okay you know we don't want to we don't want to have issues with you and um they became pirates effectively which and then mithra was like well, maybe we should have done something that's but we thought you were just going to be like nice peaceful island people not you know raiding our shipping lines 10 years later but yeah they started raiding their shipping lines and becoming pirates basically um in addition because there was already as i said pirates were in this region from way back when um some of them despite the fact that their islands were destroyed those were who were out at sea when their islands were destroyed and eventually came into port went and later discovered these islands as well and set up shop there so we had generations of pirates you know many many generations of pirate line lineages come there as well and go we'll reset up shop here because our old home was destroyed and then we'll set up a new island so so you have new pirates and long line of old pirates all setting up shop in on several of these islands. Uh, so there are five islands, five toes, and they have the best fantasy names ever, in my opinion. <laughs> Just so like, yeah, somebody read a lot of books here. Mori, Fury, Algos, Rohanan, Anon. A-H-N-O-F-N-O. And Thalian. I mean, I, I, I have lost count how many characters or, or things I have named Thalian or like Thalian, similar. Uh, Thalius. <laughs> thing. It was just like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Here it is again. It's just one of those great names. Um, and then Mori and Siri. They're just, you know, Siri was like in uh, The Witcher and, you know, it's S-C-Y-R-I. It, these are just, to me, these are just a sort of iconic sounding fantasy names. <laughs> or, or, or mythology names. Um, well, all ghosts or any kind of thing. And each of the islands is unique and has this kind of its own special vibe going on. Um, so I'm gonna, gonna go over them, apparently alphabetically. Um, <laughs> my notes are not 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 uh west to east but alphabetically uh starting with algos algos is um i've did i've done a lot of research on this because i actually wrote a rpg book called mists of algos um which you can find at drive through rpg written by travis leg and myself um algos is rugged island um it's uh kind of the middle in terms of size um it's it's covered in mist almost year-round and not necessarily all of the island but the majority of the island some part of the island is always covered it's kind of funky mist and it's weird and 
the uh, the art uh, Jeremy's showing is actually from the cover of our book that my sister did for us as a watercolor, and I think it really captures the vibe of Algos. Blood, ocean, the mist is created from that water, so the mist wouldn't be like a nice white or gray foggy. No, it would be this kind of sickly orangey red color because it's, you know, so it's kind of horrible. <laughs> That's um, and Algos is interesting because um, there's so many great hidey places because of this mist, and once uh, sailors know the region and they and um, have maps to various hidden coves on the island because it's, it's pretty craggy islands. There's a lot of like little hidden caves and beaches and whatnot. Um, they this is known for just multiple pirate gangs or pirate bands have homes here. Um, there's a good eight of them specifically called out in um, in the book and one of the books um oh, i just want to point out i'm drawing from like six books today for this um uh mithril city the golem had the history of the toe islands and and um one of probably one of my favorite maps of the toe islands um the galesbad campaign setting which i always draw from although there wasn't a lot there um the uh, Vigil Watch Toe Islands new book, which mostly just reiterates what was in the previous books with some version rules. Um, and then there's the two Blood Sea Crimson Abyss books, the original book for 3.5, and then the 5e book, which again, mostly restates what was in the original book with 5e conversion rules. So at its core, there's really only two books, the Mithril book and the old Blood Sea Crimson Abyss book, because the other books pretty much just repeat these things <laughs> but but toilands are mentioned in a lot of places so i after that one episode several months ago where i missed a thing i now do my research even better <laughs> thank you thank you for whoever pointed that out <laughs> so so anyway um so this is mostly right now what i'm calling from is is those two books the uh the mithril book and the blood sea crimson abyss original book um, so Algos, um, lots of pirate bands, lots of mist, um, and uh, none of the pirate bands that were really have a large, none of them are the major guys. These are like kind of where the minor pirates hang um, and, and have all these, and they, and they guard their maps like very, very preciously. Like this is our map to the thing and how we get there. Because not only is there um, all the mist to get through and rocks, there's also some nasty reefs that are really hard to get around. And so knowing the exact route through this region is essential. Because um, there's also a lot of shipwrecks in this area as a result of people who didn't know. And that's a lot of booty. So uh, next we have Siri. Um, clearly I don't have um, an iPhone because my phone did not answer me. Um, <laughs> Siri is, is the active volcano I mentioned. Um, it's kind of in the middle of the, of the islands. It's the smallest island. Um, lots, much more hazardous. Um, although also the island with probably some of the best valuable stuff and in terms of monetary resources. Um, because of the volcano, there's um, lots of gemstones and shiny things if you can manage to survive digging them out, which is pretty difficult because this island also has a small band of fire giants living on it. 
and um, and other really nasty fiery monsters. Um, there was actually an error in the book where the fire giants are said that they were on Algos, and I'm pretty sure they meant Siri. <laughs> so I'm assuming that that was an, a small error in the book, because um, otherwise that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and there wasn't any description for Siri, so I think, I think those are just a small error. Um, uh, but the other books do say uh, very violent island in terms of earthquakes and lava flow, um, obsidian shards, basalt spires, um, and, and offshore there's these fire blooms where the, the, the volcanoes would erupt and shoot volcanic rocks, you know, basically off the island into the water. And if you're clever enough or have some kind of ability to do so to mine or dig through this stuff off the coast, you would find potentially find gemstones and whatnot there as well. And, and shinies, rare metals. Um, and obsidian is actually a, a big deal in the Scarred Lands as a magical component. So for reasons that we'll get into a billion years from now, um, or, or maybe we already did, it, it, it helps fight Slorisians anyway. Um, so there's value there. Um, I, I've been to Hawaii um, and I've seen, I've been to the big island multiple times and that's kind of what I picture here, <laughs> that kind of terrain. Um, not as big, obviously, the uh, series much smaller than the Big Islands, but in, and then, then the Big Island of Hawaii, but um, that kind of feel that you get from the southern and the Big Island of Hawaii. I picture basically all of Siri looking like that, pretty much, with, you know, we're trees, we're trying to survive, lava, we're on fire, you know, oh, we're gonna grow over here now for a while, you know, <laughs> as, as that happens. So, pretty much only people who live there are immune to fire. Yeah, I do like that the the fire bloom can be uh, harvested and then like shaped, so it is almost like a, a an alloy, even though it says it's a it's a stone. Like they can make it into armor or weapons that grant fire resistance, which is pretty cool. And it's I like how it's cool. only there that they did this. Just thought I'd throw that out I mean, there. <laughs> there aren't a lot of active volcanoes in the Galesbad region. Yeah, you know, so. Is, I can't honestly can't think of a dormant ones plenty, but um, but the only other active one would be um, in Holofaust. Um, so yeah, and then Holofaust is not you know it's not super active; it's just sort of smoldering active. So it doesn't have like the lava flow, the kind of lava flow you find um, in Hawaii, like they have here in Siri. Uh, anyway, moving on, Mori. Um, Pirates actually avoid this island as well as avoiding Siri. They avoid Mori as well. Um, there's a strange human tribe lives on this island who can apparently walk on water, which is cool. Um, and missionaries from Mithril and various places have gone there, like, you will worship the gods. And these people are like, fuck off. <laughs> we will do our thing. And like, where did these people come from? They haven't been there hundreds of years, hundred at most, hundred fifty at most, I guess. Um, pirates avoid it. Um, there's a lot of Piscians nearby, and we haven't talked about them yet. Piscians, Piscians. They're these uh, aquatic mer people, um, uh, specific to Scarred Lands. I don't think they're based on mer people from any other setting. Um, uh, they live nearby, and the 
uh, pirate, the humanoid, the surface-dwelling pirates of the Blood Sea. Did, really don't want to mess with them. Piskins are basically the underwater pirates of the Blood Sea, <laughs> as they do very similar things where they take and raid ships and and take all your goods, but they bring it underwater and 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 share it with their their people, and as opposed to the pirates who use it on land. So, but they don't need an island, but yet they apparently control this region, um, other than the Walking Water people. Um, but there's rumors that Mori is cursed on this visit. Um, then we have Rohanan, two words, um, which means broken blade in either Lydian or Dwarven, depending on which book you read from. <laughs> Ancient Dwarven Lydian. I don't know which language it's supposed to be. There's one book says Dwarven. Um, Mithril says Dwarven. Uh, anyway, it means broken blade. Um, and this is where the most arguably the, one of the most powerful pirate groups here, which is the Empire of the Sea, um, which is actually a fairly relatively recent pirate group, but they are very badass. Um, they uh, have a uh, village, like a, a, a community here, so like, a, like think Tortuga. They've got their Tortuga in the middle of the island, and the island kind of is... is Almost reminds me of like a, a tiny stretched version of uh, 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 oh no I'm flicking on the name of the continent. Um, anyway, the the continent that's where the gods were born. Um, uh, it's it's fat on then it kind of narrows in the middle and then it's fat again. But it's like a common trope to make islands shaped like or low continents locations shaped like this. Um, I think Asherak is the word you're looking Asherak. for. Asherak. I was flaking on the name of Asherak. Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, come on, tell me. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that shape where it's kind of, you know, narrow in the middle. And the the, the town resolution is that's where they are at, kind of in the middle of the island. Um, and to join the uh, Empire of the Sea pirate band, um, uh, they have to, they drop them off on the southern end of the island new recruits and they have to fight their way across the southern end of the island to get to resolution if they get there they're proven themselves to be badass enough to join which is interesting i'm like this doesn't really test you in terms of you know i know rigging and sailing <laughs> or like i know how to use a cutlass this is testing you in i can survive the jungle <laughs> but uh this island is covered in all sorts of nasty dangers including harpies fun and some i believe there's some giants um and other nasty things that uh could be encountered as i bet people will find and then the northern end of the island has this place called the stone forge it's not a lot of information about um i don't really have a lot of info about that it's like this mysterious location on the north end of the island. Um, it's like nobody wants to go there because it's all creepy. So potential good good location for adventuring. Um, but it maps that there's giants here because the giants were either created uh, by Katamar or by Galthaga and Forge would map to Galthaga. Somebody's going to be like, it's all about this thing. And I'm going to be like, yeah, OK, fine. I did a lot of research, but I didn't cover quite everything. <laughs>
finally, um, there's the biggest island, which is almost the size of the other four put together, um, which is Thalian. Um, and this is where the main island that uh, Mithril had their mines was on Thalian. Um, and there's all sorts of funky, neat locations here, lots of potential places for adventure. There's swamps, um, there's various ruins, there's the abandoned mines, um, there's a place called the Citadel, which is like an even, even bigger than Resolution. It's like a pretty big potential location, but yet abandoned, and there's why. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of marble quarries that are still viable. So, bunch of stuff there. And then on the southern tip of the island is the other kind of, really, one of the scariest pirate bands called the League of Hydros. Um, I'll get into them in more detail in a bit. Um, they have flying ships, which is really cool. Because, you know, we gotta have flying ships, because that's just neat. Um, and that's where they have their, their base of operations. And, uh, and yeah, it's just some all these all these cool ones um Thalian uh some people think it's cursed so and well between the League of Hydros and just it's cursed pirates don't favor this area but it's also the most explored of any of the five islands um as that this was the place where that they had the big mines back in the day um and there's some areas here that are also kind of more pristine speak not not tainted um despite the history of the creation of these islands where you might find like a satyr or a unicorn that doesn't have a nasty jaded sword of a of a horn <laughs> or something else kind of like oh cool so there's definitely some some funky fae available to find on this island too i think it's interesting the um the lore behind everything is a little contradictory I, oh I, I fuck yeah I, I want to say it's place. contradictory in the way that like um, it does it can't make sense, but like the the five E stuff for the Citadel essentially says that there's speculation that says dwarves, elves, genie, and maybe the ancient Lydians made the Citadel. But if this was if the Toe Islands were created after the Divine War or during the Divine War, uh, it, that wouldn't map. Like there's no one that would have made those. There's no ancient Lydians running around at that point. But what makes sense to me is, I mean, there's, you said it, Piscian, the fish people? Yeah, Piscians. Um, so why isn't it, that, that would be my guess. This was a chunk of earth that was brought up, right? Yeah, so that makes perfect sense that the Citadel were was me, a Piscian right. city. <laughs> I would totally do or, that. Or what remains of one of those islands that collapsed, that, that yeah, was absolutely. destroyed. And this is all that remains of one of those islands, is the yeah. citadel, which somehow is attached to, to Thalian. That, that map. It's a stretch. And, and it's not the only contradiction I found. The, there's several places that are like, oh, yeah, the Toe Islands, this is where the pirates were, and the Lady Nampire's like, no, it isn't. They're brand new. Right, right. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, uh, so is there contradictory lore about the Toe Islands? Yes. Is there an explanation for your lore? Well, the mundane explanation is people didn't weren't consistent in writing their lore because right. there's so different places you can find lore, and thus people had a cool idea and they're like, "Oh, I'll stick it here" without realizing right. this key element. 
So it could that's be the a lot of the things that they're but, writing, they were like, oh, you know, on those islands that used to be there, where the Toe Islands kind of are now, this is what was there, but... <laughs> I, 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 am a, I am a Doctor Who fan. I am a fan of the, of the, of the uh, fandom setting that is the most messed up continuity of anything 50 years old or whatnot. Of anything at that level of, of fandom. Um, and Doctor Who's explanation for, or basic explanation for when things contradict is time travel. Yeah. <laughs> we change history. Thus, this new thing is a thing. Um, so, I argue, um, magic. <laughs> a wizard did it. Right. Um, Travis's line, which uh, he's been using recently for a while, and, and I love it, is when the seraphic engine went kablooey, um, it fucked things up. Yeah. And thus, a 3,000-year-old citadel could just appear on an island that's brand yeah. new. <laughs> There's and nothing to there's say a... that isn't what happened. Yeah, and that's a great explanation for where it came from. It's like, well, shit happened. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the real reason, it doesn't make sense. You know, obviously it doesn't work. But, but yeah, that could be it. It's yeah. like this replication. And you go there and there's all this weird, I don't know, Star Trek would be like, there's tachyon particles, you know. <laughs> Um, well, whatever, you know, the, the detect you're... magic. There's right. seraphic engine particles or whatever. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's your explanation. Is is could it be ancient Lydian? Yes. Could it be Piscean ruins? Yes. Could it be brand new and no one remembered building it for <laughs> right. reasons? Could it be a Thracian ruin? I don't know. Whatever is convenient for you is yeah. A GM. What what makes sense um, for your story? Totally. Yeah, yeah, just be consistent within your own story is my line, which <laughs> I gotta say. So, I bought the myth when I went back when I 20 years ago when I started running the Scarlands. This was one of the first books I bought was the Mithril, the Mithril City of Golem. It was one of the earliest books that came out, and um, so many later books contradict shit from it. <laughs> not not major ways, but in enough ways. And I had to make, but a lot of it is I had to make up stuff. Because once my PC, well, even before the Mithril book came out, I had them in Mithril because Mithril's awesome. There's a 60 plus foot golem. Um, it was cool. It was visually compelling. Um, and so I started the PCs there because it was great. And then I got the book and the book was like, and it's like this. And I was like, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> well, how do I retcon without being just really lamely contradict myself? And I kind of did some well, the players thankfully don't remember the details, so smooth over, smooth over. It's like this. You all and took too many lumps, like, hits to the head. You're having amnesia. Yes, it was like this last time you were here. Duh. Uh, <laughs> and, and even now, when I'm running Avengers of the Shunned in 5th edition with players who have played with me for 20 years. Yeah. And they're like, but, but, but X. And I'm just like, yeah, I know. You must like have learned what you have learned. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what's this Wald Warren thing? I thought all the Slytherin were bad guys. Some of them are good guys. Well, since then, right? Thankfully, so. they, they're rolling with it, but, but so it's yeah. We, we <laughs> and don't tell me that 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 Greyhawk and Faerun and and pick your favorite 
setting that's been around for 20 plus, 30 plus years doesn't right. have, it's rife with contradictions and reboots and and whatnot. We try our best to make it all make sense. It's true. It's true. Okay. Moving on. Um, so now I want to talk about the pirates because yar. Going back to that. There are many, and, and these books in particular, there are many like phenomenally cool pirate bands and uh, Visual Watch uh, certainly gets into some of the details of this. Um, uh, the Mithril book doesn't talk about the pirate bands, but the Blood Sea book sure as heck does. Um, and it draws from, uh, uh, Visual Watch draws a lot from that. Um, so I do recommend that, um, checking that out. So pirate bands, um, they mostly in the Toe Islands, although I'm going to mention a couple of the locations that we'll talk about more next week. Um, but uh, kind of going down a list, I mentioned already the Empire of the Sea, which, as I said, one of the not the scariest pirates by any means. They don't have flying ships, but um, while one of the newer newer bands, they're really powerful and and badass. Um, they're mentioned in a plethora of books. They're talked about in uh, Player's Guide to Rangers and Rogues for 3.5, um, as well as the various Bloodsea books and Visual Watch. Um, oh, and as I said before, there's that rewrite of the, the 5e Bloodsea book. I tell you, I, I mentioned that again. So um, I love the art from, like, they, they've redid the art, but they added some more. So it's kind of fun. Um, Emperor of the Sea. Uh, the, do, 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 wouldn't their history. Um, so originally there was this just little band of pirates called the Blood Shark Band. Um, some bastard son of a Calastian noble was like, I need to make a name for myself because the Lord knows I'm not going to get any money from dad. So he went and dubbed himself Prince Adamer and got himself a pirate ship and started just trying to be a pirate <laughs> and kind of failing um and one of the first ships they attacked they were like oh, that looks like a great ship for you know attacking and stealing loot from and they go and attack the ship and it turned out it was a refugee ship heading to termana it just had it was not there was nothing really valuable right in people and and he was pissed he's just like crap there's no booty here there's no gold there's just some some sad, pathetic people. And he tried to have his way with this beautiful woman who was there. And she stabbed him. <laughs> like you know, As she should have. As she should, and she would have none of that business. <laughs> and, um, and the crew, who kind of hated this guy, and had considered mutiny several times because they realized how inept the captain was, um, were like, you're way more badass, and you just killed our captain. Would you like to join our crew? And she's just like, Beats going to Termana. <laughs> so, and it's like, why was she going to Termana in the first place? Because that's usually you want to go the other way. Um, so she joins the crew. And she's badass. And after just a couple months, they were like, You are our captain. You are that cool. And she was like, I am awesome. <laughs> and her name is long and complicated. Um, is it Nefantaros? Nefantaros. Um, sort of, I was trying to find her first name. Uh, Empress Cariosa Nefantaros. Um, which is just like 
that's a tongue twister. Right. And she is the epitome cliche of pirate queen. Like, picture your picture your favorite pirate queen, and this is Nefantros. Just whatever whatever trope you want to apply to a pirate queen, <laughs> fit it perfectly. <laughs> um, I'm sure. Um, uh, she eventually uh, she basically sets foot on this island, and she's like, nobody's really using this island. This is a great spot, and and sets it up, and. And her background isn't clear. Like, how does she know how to do all these things? Why is she so badass? It's kind of all vague. But it clear clearly she had some kind of extensive training. Because she trains her pirate crew on a near military level of... of like, these aren't just random, like, yar. They're like, we are yarring in unison. <laughs> we know what, what we're doing. And and she trains them. And, and actually goes through drills and, and all these things. And she makes them badass. And sets up this whole town. There's, there's wives and kids and like a community. It's tiny. It's only a few hundred people, but but sets this whole up and and builds this fleet of nearly a dozen pirate ships. And then and they just go out and and do their thing. Um, and they're scary because they're so well organized and they're so well trained compared to most pirate groups. Um, that she, they calling her the Empress of the Sea isn't a bad name, because they are that that badass. Um, and she, a uh, little bit more here. Um, as I was saying before, they have this this ritual to join where they have to. That she just sort of drops them off on the south coast, and she's like, "Good luck." And if they make it through, they they get to join. Um, and it, that came from the original crew. When she took over from the, the moron Calastian noble bastard, she was just like, some of them were like, well, we don't want to follow a woman or, or whatever their reasons were. And she was just like, fine, I will draw. And she dropped them off on the shore. And she's like, if you make it to, to the middle of the island, you can, you can, you can. And they were like, how dare you? And, you know, half of them die, but a few of them make it. And they're like, okay, never mind, you're badass. <laughs> and, and then they follow her. So she's just like, I'm going to make that a thing. That was really good. <laughs> so she makes that a thing. Um, that, that you, have to, you have to bite your way across the island. Um, so imagine like kids born in the town or like they get to like 16, 18 years old and like now I have to fight my way across the island. Can I just stay here and be a, you know, make sales or something? Fishmonger or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, and But another uh, telling interesting thing about it is she's chaotic and neutral. She's not that Yar kind of evil like like you know, if you think about the pirates of the caribbean or if you're a big fan of those films which i am um she's she's in the less evil not evil but just sort of you know, i'm in it for the money and and all of this business um and she doesn't intentionally she does not go for fishing boats she does not go for little guys she will not go for refugee ships she will go for the biggest shiniest vessels with the most amount of wealth and has specifically pissed off House Asheras, like in a big way. Asheras, Asheras, Asuras, Asuras. It's funny because I say Asuras, so. Asuras, yeah. Anyway, she she pisses them because she t she constantly has her fleet go after their ships. Um, it's just like they got all the money, man, and they so they've sent like. 
privateers and whatnot after her, like, go after the Empire of the Sea. They're always kicking down our boats. And a lot of people are like, eh, you're kind of jerks. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they are kind of jerks. But they're also like, like, you know, one of the major um, mercantile anythings on Gelsbad. You know, they have they have merchants all over the continent. Um, so yeah, so they they talk about that, and they also um, say specifically that she was once friends with Che Taronis, Taronis, CC, um, who currently leads a mercenary company that guards the seaside area of Mithril. So I'm like, wow, somebody who's guarding an area of Mithril, they've Paladins are pretty big on, you know, vetting people, so I imagine this Che is not a, you know, chaotic, neutral, free-willing pirate type, but more probably a lawful-ish, good-ish, <laughs> one of the two, um, mercenary. Um, and they were good friends, apparently, and rumored to have been lovers. Um, and, but Che is a lady, and, oh, well, not a lady, but female, um, and uh, uh, she's relieved. The Empire is known, the Empire of the Sea is known for leaving survivors, but she cannot accept the path that Nephantaros has chosen to be a pirate. So, shade, that screams lawful. So, so this chaotic neutral pirate queen had a lawful good, maybe, girlfriend. So I'm like, cool, lesbian pirate queen trope. <laughs> and here's the next pirate queen trope. Her most trusted captain, because she's got a fleet of ten ships, so each ship has its own captain. Most trusted captain is Breen Sarl, a male human sorcerer, um, who is smitten by her, but uh, uh, and it always attempts to be close to her. So he's always like getting, trying to get his ship with her ship and whatnot. But he does has not expressed his feelings for her. Oh. So there's the second pirate. <laughs> Of the, the captain who's in love with the, the head captain. So, I, I loved that. I was like, there's so much drama. <laughs> there's so much potential drama here. And um, we even dropped some hints um, in um, the, uh, the, the Through Shadows and Dreams books of there being a pirate queen who has this like harem of lovers and is very, very loosely based on her. <laughs> like, she's not called character in the, in the novel. Novels within novels, yeah. E.K. reads sh trashy romance novels, and amongst them are <laughs> stories about a pirate queen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, who's very loosely based on the see. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, down, going down our yar uh, hordes of, of pirates. Kind of the opposite of, of her. Um... I want to talk about the, the the other the biggest group, the other biggest group, which is the um, Jaffini, Jaffinian League or Dynast. Um, I probably should have started with them, but uh, there you go. Um, they're half orc sorcerers, um, mostly well half orcs, and specifically half orc. And the new book does even the five e books are like yeah they're half orcs. So the whole like there aren't a lot of half orcs. Unless you're part of the Jaffinian dynasty. <laughs> and these guys have been around forever. This was one of those, this was the group that I mentioned how they were on the islands and then the islands were destroyed, but they happened to be out at sea and survived and then rebuilt. 
in the Toe Islands. This is this is that group. Um, these are just you know, if the empires of the sea are kind of the chaotic, neutral, we only go for the rich. These are the chaotic, evil, neutral, evil. We go for whoever, and we do all of the bad things that pirates are known for doing. Just about um, the new book does claim they're neutral evil lawful evil but the old book says they're neutral evil chaotic evil um which is interesting um i think the lawful evil is thrown in there because they have a they have a very um very defined code of ethics um which okay ethics is the wrong word <laughs> they have a, they're they have a very specific code that they must follow which implies a lawful nature um that loyalty to the Donis dynast to the Jaffinians and loyalty to their patriarchal father figure who runs them is a, is most important above all else and no matter what you do you must be loyal to that degree um so that's kind of their thing which certainly in my mind gives a lawful vibe um and so these guys have been around forever and the uh they come from the days when uh, the island penal colonies and turned to piracy um, and it was basically like a lot of orcs and, and humans were imprisoned here and they had kids and thus half orcs um, and, and and nearly everyone uh, part of the dynast has orc blood you know maybe it's generations ago nearly 90% human, but they've got orc blood in them. And that's not a requirement to be a member, but it sure as heck helps. And like the vast majority, you know, 90 plus percent of the members of the dynast is are orc blooded. Um, typically half orcs. Um, completely devoted to their leader. Um, they have a stronghold on Mori, they claim, which is. Um, and uh they're kind of cool um they they actually uh as an organization are known not only for piracy on the sea but also organizations on the land which are pirate associated um think uh fences wanderers extortionists um so when the pirates loot they need to, you know, we, we've got all this artwork and whatnot, and we, we don't have a use for it. We just want the money and the, the, the you know, the beer and whatnot. So they would um, basically launder their ill-gotten gains through their own organization on land to resell it to legitimate merchants who would then, you know, go back into the economy and they would get money out of it and filter it back to the dynasty. So as an organization, these guys are like... Quite as powerful as House Asheras, but certainly up there because um, they're spread all over, um, particularly uh, the coastal regions. But they have footholds as far away as Shalzar, which is nowhere near the Blood Sea. So, and and as well as, um, and we haven't talked about it yet, but the central the central islands of the Blood Sea as well. So they're kind of all over the place, um, and have also strong familiar associations with some of the tribes in the Plains of Lead as well. So, a lot of influence in that area. So definitely a threat to Mithril, but in kind of a 
um, a looser economic one, and certainly a threat to Mollistown or, or, or Vesh in terms of trade along the east coast of Gelspat. So, cool organization, I think. Um, but they're, you know, evil. Uh, pretty evil. Their leader, I, I adore their leader. Um, uh, he's, um, his name is Dumindian Fen. He's a half-orc rogue sorcerer. Um, so he's, you know, I get the whole, I'm a pirate, but I'm also a mat, I'm a, you know, a spellcaster. And a lot of the, the rooted, um, a lot of the Jephanians are spellcasters. They are so many, why they're so powerful, I think, is because they've got sorcerer's blood in them as well as orc blood. And thus a lot of sea witches, from then I'll get to the sea witches. Don't remind me, Jeremy, to talk about sea witches. Um, anyway, he's, he's this big Hulkin orc, half-orc guy. Who would you think would be like a follower of Gorak because he's so beefy, but he doesn't give a fuck about gods or titans. Um, and he's, he's at this point, maybe 150, he's over 70 years old and very congenial. Like, people like him. He's very personable. He's very, you know, negotiated. And he's actually, like, met with heads of state and whatnot of, like, like mercantiles and shells are and they're like oh because the they have this wild reputation it's like yeah we're pirates but we also have all of this other power because of all of their power with well, the, the, the money and the extortion stuff like i picture this guy as like the godfather of of half pirates <laughs> and what's even more obnoxious is he's got this ship that's this refitted yacht so it's not like a galleon or anything you know it's like a pirate ship it's like a yacht so it's fancy schooner thing and and he actually has trained uh blood sea shark mutant sharks that, that that like pull the ship along when when like there's no wind or whatever they pull the ship along like 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 santa's sleigh you know <laughs> through the water <laughs> i love this guy it's just there's just so much there <laughs> and add to that he's got a familiar because sorcerers can have familiars, right? Who's this? Who's a water method? Who's the ugliest freaking water method? <laughs> and everybody hates him because he's such a little jerk. <laughs> this little water elemental thing that would just be like sit on his shoulder or whatever and cause chaos. And I, I love this. There's just so much personality with this guy. <laughs> and the picture does not do him justice, in my opinion. <laughs> Of what they're describing here, it's like, eh, no. He's, but he's he's just delightful. Um, for you know, a seven-year-old pirate monster. <laughs> so yeah, and and anyway, I was getting talking about the sea witches. So one of the things that Jethanians do is they will. It's all about loyalty to their organization, and they will fuck with other pirate groups or other or privateer groups or whoever you know other other groups out there, and. People need sea witches, so they call them any kind of spellcaster who specializes in um, sea kind of magic, whether typically weather magic or magic that would that would help with with being on the oceans, particularly the blood sea. So they they have spells like water breathing and and create wind and control weather and all this kind of pile of magic um, is a specialization. Um, and and 
my argument is like, how do you travel across the Blood Sea so quickly? And magic is a, is a core to that. And so any vessel worth its weight, that's going to go ranging far out to sea, you know, it's, you know, not a simple fishing vessel or some trading ship that's going to hug the coast, but something that's really going to go out there is going to have a sea witch on board. It's going to have some kind of spellcaster who would be both a, a healer and a you know, bad at, oh, the wind died. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh, the storm's coming. No, it's not. You know, if they're badass enough. Um, and there's so much sorcerers, and most of these sea witches are sorcerers. Um, fewer wizards, fewer clerics, but the vast majority of them are sorcerers. And so many of the sorcerers come from the Japanian dynasty clan because there's sorcerer's blood in these half-orcs. So they would plant these these sea witches for, you know, for sale, like, like hire, for hire. To be like, oh, we need to hire a new sea witch for our trading ship or whatever. And they'd be like, I'm out hiring. And they'd show up on the docks and be available for hire. So they'd hire a sea witch to do all those things. And find out that they were a Japhanian spy the whole time. And undercutting them in some way. And making, like, any advantage they can give to the dynast against whoever they're working for, nominally, um, is their thing. So they would be basically spies going, and like, you know, and casting sending spell to the head of the dynast going, by the way, this fleet of ships is going to be at this location. And, and then like, then suddenly the dynast show up and raid your ships that you thought you were traveling in secret because your sea witch betrayed you. So very common thing. I love that. Um, and that actually leads us well and uh, easily into um, probably the evilest of like, you know, going down the line of getting worse and worse and worse um, is the Crimson Tide uh, pirate group. And these guys are just Okay, you picture Pirates of the Caribbean, you're like, oh, Jack Sparrow, he's kind of awful, but he's really the chaotic neutral, you know, we kind of like him a little bit. And then you kind of get a little bit evil with the, 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 the Davy Jones and the whole, like, tentacle thing, and, you know, and then, and Bar, Bar, Barossa, whatever the fuck his name is. But when you like the evil, the truly evil pirates, I'm losing it on like who were the worst of the worst of the pirates who made all of those guys be like eh, they're not so bad <laughs> these the crimson tide <laughs> are this it's one ship one cursed ship and this is this is this is kind of a beauty this this he's the davy jones of, of, of these pirates except worse to, to, to be fair um uh it basically this this captain erlich bloody yardarm thesk um he was a member of the jeffian dynasty but human and he um fucked up basically he was gonna do this extortion job for them and fucked it up and they were like help oh, you fucked it up so get out and they sold him to slavery and he was like well this sucks and he overthrew the slaving ship and we're like, I'm gonna take over now. And takes the, you know, all the slaves, and he's like, we're gonna be our own pirate band. But then he gets into some really dark magics. I hope, I, I hope I'm just talking to the right guy here. I'm doing this from memory. Um, he gets into some dark magics and summons this ship from below the Blood Sea, which is an old Lydian naval ship from you know hundreds of years ago. 
and it's raised from the bottom of the sea. And on the ship is this sea hag, who's like his bestie after this. And he because he makes some deal with a fiend, and and the sea hag is like that fiend's child or something like that. And and and, and they raise the ship, and then he he puts together a crew of just the worst of the worst. You they have had to be a confirmed murderer to be on his crew. Like none of these soft-hearted empire of the sea. No, no, no. We are we are the worst of the worst, and. He doesn't have, you know, most of the pirate bands have some kind of flag, like, you know, think skull and crossbones, except various, various flags. Like, like the Jafinians, um, they have this, this ancient runic symbol under which there would be each captain's thing, like a sword or a blood or whatever it is. This guy does not have a flag. He just takes the bodies of the people from the ships he's taken and sort of nails them to the sides of the ship and lets them. So that's how you know it's him. Because when you're looking through your little spyglass and you're like, pirate, there's a ship coming. Is it, is it bad? I don't see any flags. Oh, crap, but I do see a body. <laughs> Although there's six bodies. Huh, it's the Crimson Tide, run! No. Um, and the ship is presumably cursed. It cannot leave the Blood Sea. It cannot go into one of the easier, you know, one of the nicer seas. So one thing people do when they're running from these guys is beeline it for, if, assuming they're not right in the middle of the ocean, as fast as they can to the edge of the blood sea. Right. Any blue water, just go there. Any blue water. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I think that's just absolutely delightful as, you know, in terms of just the most horrific evil pirate you can have. And he's he because of his history really hates the Jafinians and you have fun we'll never find anyone with orc blood on any of his ships. <laughs> no orcs, no half orcs. Nothing. So um, kind of the opposite, and really, really hates them. But he's just one admittedly really freaking scary, magically cursed vessel, but only one guy. So, um, with like a crew of about 70, and who he vets incredibly thoroughly, and is concerned about. Like, the Jafinians would really love to get a Sea Witch spy on his boat, but if he caught them, they wouldn't be alive very long. Um, so, there's that fella. And he, he'll attack anybody. He's just, you know, he's like, you're convenient. Um, we're just doing it because we like killing. Oh, and he's also got a ghoul on his crew, too, just to add to the grisly horror, who was like, ooh, bodies, can I join your crew? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's yucky. Okay. Um, that's the worst of the worst. Uh, a couple other crews. Um, the best of the best, I would say the, the, the pirates that are the closest to good pirates there are, um, is Serdinal's lot, uh, also called the Night Takers. I love these guys. These are like, like the, if there's a chaotic good group of pirates, it's these guys. Technically they're chaotic neutral, but, um, you can, you can squint a little bit and they, they are not really that bad. Um, their captain, uh, Sir Denal, Sir, Sir Denal, um, was uh, claims to have been stranded on the Drifting Isle, which we talked about ages ago, which is where uh, uh, Arias, the god of dreams, has his kind of followers and worshippers, and that this is like an island that can um, potentially even fly, but also you know kind of constantly moving. 
and he was apparently shipwrecked there for a while, which I found interesting because of, there's people on that island. <laughs> like, couldn't he have like gone to the town and been like, hi, I get abandoned here, can you feed me? But apparently he was there for a while, but as a result of that, he um, has, you know, kind of absorbed power of dreams and made friends with um, a uh, dream spirit or uh, specifically um, what they're called uh, packed with the dream folk the dream folk is one of the creatures in the old creature collections they're like kind of dream people and gain power from or energy from, from absorbing dream energy from sleepers um, he also has a wand of dream which is kind of like I assume like a wand of sleep but amped up um, this is back in the 3x days so it would be like I guess greater sleep or something like that um, and he's an enchanter and what he does is, and he very he's another one who vets his crew really, really carefully. To be on his crew, you have to have not killed anybody. <laughs> he he collects the greenest potential pirates who have no experience, have not gone through horrible things. They're like, I want to be a pirate. Come join my crew. You'll be good. You'll be good. And he's like, if you join my crew, you won't get hurt at all. Nobody on my crew ever gets hurt. You know, not even a hangnail. Nothing. If you get hurt, it's because you tripped. You know, you will not get hurt. And he is a tiny crew in a relatively small ship called the Fugue. Um, 25 sailors. And what he does is he only goes out at night under complete darkness, under the, you know, under cloudy, moonless nights. Goes to ships. Everyone to sleep. Sneaks onto the ship. Deals all the valuables. Sneaks off. Doesn't hurt a soul. Just puts them to sleep. <laughs> Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> is it more chaotic good than that? I mean, come on. And, and he tends to only go for the really rich, you know, merchants. Not like the he doesn't attack refugee ships. Right? Like value, ships with a lot of valuables. Deals them in their sleep. Um, and a lot of and actual merchants are like, oh, thank the gods it was the Night Takers. <laughs> Not like, oh, I don't know, the Crimson Tide. <laughs> we lived. It only cost us all of our goods. Oh, well, you know. So... So Sometimes it's worth it to actually wake up and just... Yeah. <laughs> like, the night takers were okay. They didn't hurt anyone. And and yeah, that's so very low risk, high reward kind of thing. And his crew is really hard to get in because he, again, bets them very, very, very carefully and avoids hiring anyone evil. And uh, the worst alignment would be chaotic neutral. And he's, I think he's he's pretty... He's like chaotic good. Um, so neat character there um i think there's two or three more pirate um the splintered skull one of the pirate groups on algos i think is that is it algos no not algos no algos algos it is algos okay Splintered skull. they're just another single ship crew um uh, uh their uh leader was a um they weren't originally I don't know if they originally called this one to skull. It doesn't really matter. Um, they were just this this orc, not part of the Jeffinian dynasty. Just this other guy who just had a single ship, and they found and and his name is uh, Crid. And he was just like badass fangle follower. It was like we're gonna go out and be pirates. So not quite up there with the Crimson Tide, but not a very nice guy. Um, and he finds this this weird mage guy on Algos who's like, I will help you guys 
be cool badass pirates and i follow vangle and vangle sent me to help you and 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 crit is like sounds great and this this weird mage and they go back to algos in their little cove and you know like a mile away is this mage who lives in a cave and he comes out and he's all like gross and bloody and he's like here's your thing and he gives them power and stuff and they give him part of the share of the loot well it turns out this mage is named tiltal and he's what's called a sundered mage um and he's not a follower of Vangle, i can tell you that um gormoth created sundered mages um back when in the day and they're i don't even know how to describe them they're just so weird they can basically they're and this guy's using illusions with the with the pirates but their faces are like two faces not like an Eton. they don't have two heads but like two faces that are constantly like shifting and morphing around and and it's like it's like one person but they've been sort of split and they can actually physically split into two people temporarily um they're really creepy badass monster from one of the older creature collections i don't think they've been converted to 5e yet um but you know a they wild, are in the vengeance of the shunned peril they are the vengeance of, i actually literally last saturday um my players fought fought the one that shows up in the vengeance of the shunned and i admit i did tweak his rules a bit so he does need some tweaking for 5e because i was like because it doesn't mention um in vengeance of the shunned i actually can use some of the etten qualities because somebody was like i tried to stun him and i'm like it didn't say in the vengeance of the shunned if you could be stunned and i was like that's weird it says he can't be flanked flanking isn't a thing <laughs> and i'm like so i'm like i so it's just like it's based on etten rules he can't be <laughs> blinded stunned you know because anything with two heads so i did it, i think that needs some erotic i fix in vengeance of the shunned but um for 5e because it was um the vengeance of the shunned came out before the creature collection did but so the, the rules for the 5e conversion stuff was still pretty fuzzy back then um, i would say but yes there is one in vengeance of the shunned and he dropped like a they dropped him in the round <laughs> as tend to, ha tends to happen you know for one one spellcaster with no minions at a party of six yeah uh alan in chat says for a boss fight it seemed underwhelming yes very underwhelming. you should never have <laughs> you should never have a single spellcaster be your boss unless the spellcaster has a, said, something so to technically help technically he was two but even yeah. still yeah <laughs> squish they, they yeah they they took him out and he got off one spell yep which cost APC their inspiration no. <laughs> to make the save. I almost killed Fran. He threw he threw a disintegrate a maximized disintegrate at Fran, and she's just like, "I used my inspiration," and she made the save. And, nice. And that was that. And then they took him down like, really like squishing a bug. Anyway, that was the non sequitur. So sundered mage. So this guy, Tital evil like really fucked up people centered mage and um he's like you know <laughs> i will toy with these pirates and i will give them power because it's entertaining <laughs> and and so he basically helps these bangle followers even though he doesn't give a shit about bangle <laughs> um and um and and crit is really interesting because he was this minor chieftain amongst the tribes of 
uh, the Plains of League, um, the lead, a bunch of little minor orc chieftain, and he, they, he's just wiped out by Vashon Vigilance, and he's like one of the only survivors. Finds himself um, kind of fleeing, gets to shore, runs into a, a, a brine hag, who's like, oh, I would have a new pet. And um, and she teaches him seamanship. So she's like, this is how you sail and stuff. And she's like, cool. <laughs> now I kill you. And he kills her. <laughs> and steals her kid, who's like a haggling. And if you know anything about haglings, they're not kids. They're fucked up things that used to be kids and that are now monsters. And possibly hundreds of year olds to boot because they never age. And he takes the haggling and he becomes his cabin boy. And I'm just going to... has his plaything. That's that's a little Yeah. This this group is disturbing. Leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so so like we've already we've got this this sundered mage who's completely insane, um, giving them power, and we've got this orc chieftain who's also insane in a different way and, and they're running around being pirates. So So if you show up on Ag Algos, you could run into these guys, and that's that's not fun. And then, uh, who have I covered everybody except the League? Did I miss anybody? Night Takers? Yeah, okay. Finally, the League of Hydros. I've left them for last because they're little is known about them. And they're wild and interesting, and I'm going to be playing with them in the future. <laughs> they're just fun. Um, these are the guys with the flying ships that I hinted at at the beginning um, that have their base on um, Thalian. Um, five flying ships led by the sea drake and every ship has a name too which i think i love that it's one of the rare ones where they have all the, all the ships named um wind runner sky chase coast wing and cloud surf they all sound like kind of nice names yeah bloody skulls no cloud surf but these guys are not bad guys say they're not evil they're, they also fall into the chaotic slash neutral area um and they include um followers of a variety of of gods Belsimith and Keeley um Bithina and Manawi you know it's kind of standard um but they're led by Hood H-Y-D Hood Hid Hid sure uh Rostenth R-O S-T, Ross, 10th, E-N-T-H, Ross, 10th. It's chaotic evil. And I said he doesn't have any evil followers, but he himself is not a very nice person. And he's a wizard. And he has developed this ability or acquired this power to make ships fly using these magical pendants that they, they, um, they hang on the ships. And the ships are neat because they don't have oars. You know, they don't literally don't go in the water at all. Um, but they have these these wild pendants instead, and, and they have like these wing things where the oars would be that that you know they use to control directions and stuff. And the pendants are incredibly colorful and magical, and some they give provide all sorts of abilities like like magical armor on the ship or invisibility. So flying ship that's invisible, and suddenly you're like la di da di da, we're going in the ocean, and we're a merchant ship, and suddenly flaming arrows come out of nowhere, <laughs> and like then the ship appears, and like like a Klingon will bird of prey over your head, <laughs> shooting you with with fireballs. Um, 
because most of his followers are also minor spellcasters, not powerful spellcasters, minor spellcasters, all of whom have abilities like detect magic or or um, identifying magic items. And it's because his mission through all of his crew, and he's like, do what you want, take the loot as you will, but you will look for magic items and you will bring them to me. So they, they raid vessels, loot as they want, keep the gold, keep the general valuables, but then give all of the magic items to their leader, this very powerful wizard who enables them to fly. And they're like, yay, he's really into magic items. Oh, well, we're fine with this. Gives us all this stuff. Well, he's got his own agenda. <laughs> um, he's actually, uh, he was a caught in 121 AV stealing magical books from the phylactric vault for mysterious reasons. Um, and he escaped the vault. They escaped, they, they imprisoned him. And he escaped by cutting his hair somehow. I don't know how he gets something sharp enough to cut his hair in a, in a prison cell, but he did. Enchanting it and sending it out as sort of a mini golem thing. And the hare strangles the guard, collects the keys, and brings them back to him so he can escape. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, that's neat. Um, so he's, and, and obsessed with collecting magic items. Turns out he's a follower of Mezos, the titan of magic. And there's this whole underlying, like spoilers, there's this whole underlying plot around how to bring Mezos back. Um, there's, there's these creatures, you can read about them in the creature collection, called, um, Arcane Devourers, who also show up in Vengeance of the Shunned multiple times, um, because the underlying plot of Vengeance of the Shunned is around Mezos, and they're the most devoted of Mezos, the Arcane Devourers. And they have this ability to suck magic out of things. Um, so like take a magic item and be like, I take all the magic out of the magic item and store it. And their I, their plan is if they can store enough magic um, energy into these crystals, these Tepuje crystals that are found in Termana, and we will talk about them eventually, <laughs> um, they, they gather this energy um, that they can use it to resurrect Mezos. Because Mezos isn't one of those, like, like piece them back together, like, you know, gathering the bits of Frunrook and sewing them up or something like that. He was just divert, dispersed. So bringing him back is not about bringing back his body, but bringing back his energy. If you could collect enough magic together, he could just spontaneously rebuild. So, and they've been doing this for, you know, over a century, gathering as much magic as had. So this guy, this League of Hydros leader, is works for them. And that's his whole, his whole obsession, is gathering enough magic items to feed to the Arcane Devourers to, to bring Mezos back. So, and none of his followers are aware of this, and if they were, three quarters of them would just kill him outright because they're god followers and really don't want Mezos to come back. So, he's got to be careful. I'm gonna make a spoilers there. Um, and I love it because of my own campaign. I have plans in giving my, if I ever get back to my main campaign, I have plans in giving my PCs a flying ship. And it will be one of these five ships <laughs> from the League of Hydros. Because <laughs> I'm tired of watching them slowly teleport around the world. <laughs> and it would just be cool to do this. <laughs> 
I've been planning this. I've been planning this. I'm gonna give them the Windrunner someday. So they will, they will talk about it now. Um, so yeah, and this guy's wanted by like everybody under the sun because um, they all want this. They either they know what he's up to, like the, maybe the Phylactric Vault, or um, they want the ability to have flying ships, <laughs> like Queen Galita, who's like, mm. or they're pissed at him because he stole their stuff. Because it's like the Veshans are like, you took all those medallions or something. You know, Vesh has a hate on. I don't know what he did, but but Vesh and Derekin, um all have, have issues with it. And Queen Galita definitely wants those flying ships. Um, so yeah, so he's he's neat. I, I like him. Nice. Um, another kind of fun so, fun guy. And yeah. Speaking of the the flying ships, um, a while back there was a question in chat, and I was waiting oh, for sorry. this moment to ask it. Uh, <laughs> so about the flying ships, um, the question was the, the the magic power that or the magic that empowers them to fly has a re resemblance to dwarven runes and how they're described. Is it? Is there some hint of a connection there, or is it just? I think it regards that dwarven uh, Burktorn, and I don't know. They have not gotten into the lore, but I will say that there is a similarity because Burktorn has these pennants that these cloth pennants that they right. that they used to have around the, the mountain to protect it and a whole crap ton of them were destroyed during the war um and the league of hydros has pennants big cloth things that allow the ships to fly and like to turn invisible and stuff so same magic same yeah. root magic definitely yeah. um you know did did um Thesk steal the quote technology from the dwarves of baroque torn right and modify it. Total plausible, you know. Yeah. Magical penance. So. Or was it something that he gleaned from other works that had to do with Mesos and? They both got from the original. They just source. right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely a, a overlap there. Yeah, because there's a whole thing of, of the dwarves of Torn trying to rebuild those penance to because a whole shitload of them are destroyed. Um, in various, and they're one of the main ways they're protecting Rockthorn from the Glastian um, invasion. And uh, yeah, so and, and that I just came up with out of my butt. So um, <laughs> Sarah's knowledge of our camp, random, he can quiz me on anything, man. <laughs> I will, I will do my best to remember. <laughs> I'll remember it all. So yeah, that's that's uh the pirates um the only other thing i've prepped for is uh thinking about kind of the weather of the blood sea and we can we, or we can get into that more next week um, if it's the blood sea in general things. we'll do that next time unless it's yeah, the toe island specifically yeah yeah and and the um the books uh of visual watch and those also have some specific cool uh uh archetypes, you know, uh, subclasses right. that go along with um, being in this region. Um, the Toe Islands book had a whole bunch of subclasses, and the um, 5e uh, Crimson Abyss book has some additional sorcerer's origins, like like how do you, how can you play a sea witch? Um, and, and all of that, that stuff. I actually double stacked a, a sorcerer with both uh, sea witch and um, 
think there was there was, was like the origin and the um uh, what's the other thing sorcerers have you know the book or the chain and the pact I had the sea pact pact of the sea so it's like oh, sea witch and pact of the sea oh it was, it was oh, no that's warlock you're right anyway there was some there was some PC I I put two things together that were redundant and they were just it was too much so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can breathe underwater from this thing and you can breathe underwater and you can turn into a fish <laughs> maybe it was the warlock i don't know it was it was somebody who had double yeah i think it was gotcha. the warlock the pact of the sea and um uh manawi as a patron that was it it was the warlock and uh it was it was overkill just gotta make sure you can breathe underwater yeah um so if you pick up <laughs> uh, my book uh Maritime mission, uh, vigil, vigil training mission, maritime patrol, or oh boy, what a bloody ordeal, which I wrote last late, I don't know, almost a year ago, about a year ago now. Um, one of the one of the earlier books that we put out, um, I had generated a lot of um, uh, free, you know, characters to play, and that was that was the warlock. <laughs> it's like overkill, um, but that book comes with a bunch of pregens, um, six pregen characters, um, and uh, whole decking for like the maps of the ships that Fran built for a very large galleon. Um, oh, please check that out if you want to do your own adventures of the Blood Sea starting at level one or two, pregens, and then the sequel to that, Mist of Algos, that Travis Legg and I put together, um, which be either a standalone book or a sequel, and that includes um, rules for weather, which we haven't talked about yet, but uh, as well as um, uh, adventure going to Algos, Algos and dealing with one of the smaller pirate bands there and um, preventing them from causing mayhem um, which is pretty fun so I, I obviously I want people to pick up those two books because I get all of 50 cents when you do <laughs> but uh, they were they were a lot of fun to write and um, and kind of touch on a lot of these these things give you a little taste of the Tow Islands. So, there you go. And for those of you who are interested, the links are in chat, and if you're watching on uh, YouTube later on or on podcast, they will be in the show notes. Dun, 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 dun. Like, yeah, I wrote those what? back when uh, that first Vigil Watch book of the Tow Islands came out. Nice. <laughs> I was like, we had to write a tie-in book to the first Vigil Watch, and it was the Tow Islands, so we wrote Pirates. Um, and that, that's why it was so long ago. And now the completed volume of Vigil Watch is out now, so you can pick that up. Um, great, good stuff. If you want to yeah. run a pirate game, oh my god, I can't. If you want to run a D&D pirate game, yeah, you could do Freeport. Sure. You can do Freeport. <laughs> I played Freeport. If you want to okay. be a wuss, you can do Freeport. Yeah, if you want to be badass, <laughs> you'll do the place we're going to talk about next week, which yeah. just makes the Toe Islands pretty pretty weak sauce comparatively. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Well, for this week, let's wrap it up, and you can tell us all of your details. I am I am Sarah Stewart. I am Scarredlands. This is my life. Um, this is all I do, is talk about the Scarred Lands day in and day out. I wrote this book. Someday we'll have a sequel. Like, if, if I finish the series, book nine, 
<laughs> they will have the wave runner from the League of Hydros and running her in book nine. <laughs> like, book two, I haven't even worked on book two. Thank you, COVID, for making it really hard to write. <laughs> um, you can go go pick that up, um, but but even more so, check out the other books we've written on my life on Drive-Through RPG, Calendar of the Scarred Lands, and those bloody books, and Frostlands of Fenrilic, and some books with that, and um, Serpent of Fora, and all the other crap that I've touched, and, and more coming. There's always more coming. And our website is more like thisindustries.com, which I never update, but is a great place to find all of the links in the place. <laughs> and, uh, and if you want to contact me, go there. Nice. And I'm Jeremy Hochalter. You can find me on Twitter at WHPubs, here on Twitch and on Facebook at WH Publications. I publish stuff over on DMs Guild and DriveThruRPG. You can search for me over there, and I will put links up in the show notes. Uh, this Saturday, join me on... It'll be on my channel, WH Publications, on Twitch, but it's also going to be simulcast on YouTube, on Wyvern Gaming's uh, YouTube channel. During WonderCon, we are doing a um, 5e version of the Stargate RPG, which they are currently working on. It did its Kickstarter, succeeded massively, and will, I think, be out this year. Um, it's it's going to be a ton of fun, so join us for that. That is at... 2, no, 1 p.m. I should have checked before I opened my mouth. It's uh, in the afternoon-ish Eastern. It's on my. It's on the yeah. schedule. Go look at the schedule. I have no idea it's what, on there, what time it right? is. Really. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the West Coast. We're, we're, we, may, we may go permanent daylight savings time. Too. I, I heard this. This would be amazing. I'm so excited about the West about if, if that happens. I don't know. Right. That's my doubts. It's going to happen this year. We've been talking about it for a fucking decade. But, um, but yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Uh, yeah. What else? I think that's it. Uh, join us next um, week. Uh, Monday. Monday, uh, you can also find us on Travis Legg's uh, Plastic Age Plage channel, pretending to be uh, a family of misfits running around. I don't think there's lands. much pretending to be. We're, we are a bunch of misfits. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the season or yeah, the season finale is this coming Monday because then after that we're going to be doing some jump starts throughout April of other Onyx Path stuff. So come check those out as well. Yeah, does it all yeah. have to be about the Scarlands? Even though Scarlands yes, is fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it, it 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 does all have to be about the Scarlands unless I'm running Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's <laughs> unless fair. I'm running a completely different system. <laughs> All it's right, D &D, we... it's hard land. Um, all right. <laughs> there you go. We will catch you all next time. Have a good week. Right. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>